This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. voice of change time and is myself lauren jacobs welcome to k pulpit if you've been here the whole afternoon i'm so grateful to have your company but if you're just joining me i'm going to be with you for the next hour and i'm going to be kicking off children's month yes june is children's month and you know it is it is really a special month where we talk about the many different aspects and realities of children and that's really going to be at the heart of the show for this month the many different aspects the things we can think about when it comes to parents parenting our own children when it comes to being a mom when it comes to different aspects of social justice when it we talk about children vulnerable children children that are at risk and also orphans and today that is going to be the focus of the show i'm joined by jim carolison now jill is the ceo and co-founder with her husband of the father's heart community development and it's an orphan and vulnerable child care organization established in the impoverished community of Fasante Kral. Now Jill formerly a foster parent herself so she knows all about what it takes to be a foster parent and many different challenges that that in itself you have to face but she has devoted most of her life to helping orphans and vulnerable children transform their lives and today she lives in Durbanville with her husband Michael and her incredible teens Alexandra and Connor and she really has a heart to restore families and you know really to just love children and she has this incredible passion and so today having invited on to the show to talk about the Father's Heart Community Development Organization, but also just to really touch on the fact that we have some started in statistics that we have to think about when it comes to children and when it comes to children in our community. You know, for me, myself as journalists, I've done a lot of work with children in different countries outside of South Africa. And that work being around, you know, social injustices towards the girl child and things that the girl child faces. But we actually also know that We need people and organizations and individuals and communities to speak up on the the fact that children in our country are vulnerable and are high at risk. We tend to forget that children's rights are human rights. And when children do not have access to basic human rights, then they, as children, are having their rights taken from them. And we need to be able to, as faith communities, say, how can we come alongside those who are working in this area, who are working in this field, and how can we be a light to children? Two-thirds of the children in South Africa, you know, right here around us every single day in our communities are vulnerable, which means that they are at risk. And when we know that children are at risk, you know, yes, we have our daily challenges of children not having access to proper food, to water, sanitation, to healthcare, to basic needs that are this basic human rights that I'm alluding to. But also we know that children then become very vulnerable, vulnerable to abuse, gangsterism, alcoholism, drug abuse and even drug dealing and also even further along the way we know that children who live in communities you know where there is impoverishment we know that those children are very vulnerable to human trafficking and to further abuse and human rights violations and so today Jill is going to be touching on what is you know she is doing with the organization but also what is happening with children in South Africa as well as what we as our faith community we are the faith community it's not out there or it's not at a building it's us we are the faith community what we can be doing to help the plight of the biblical commandment that says 
we need to help the orphan and the widow. So stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. Jill, it's so good to have you with me on Voice of Change today. You know, it has been a long time coming and I'm super excited to be kicking off Children's Month, this very special month of June with you, where we celebrate, you know, and just really focus on children throughout the month, but also we have our Youth Day. And it's just really great to be talking different angles about children and also the work that you do. Before we get into that, welcome to the show today. I hope that you've been good. Thanks so much, Lauren. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So glad to, to be here. Is this a special month for you guys as well? Do you feel like, you know, that, you know, June is this time to just highlight the plight of, of children and things that's happening in our communities? Is this something that you guys kind of get behind? Um, well, to be honest, Lauren, I mean, I think it's something that we try and do every single day of the year because I just feel like it's so important. You know, it does help us in some way because um, because it's top of mind and it's being pushed from every avenue. So people in general, you know, the general public will sort of be looking for it and be more open to it. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that we advocate for every day of the year because I think it is something that needs to be. People need to understand the plight of children, especially in communities the struggles they go through. Um, I think it's it's very difficult for people to really truly comprehend what's happening on the ground, especially if you're not engaged in that. So we really feel like advocating for these kids um, and trying to get them the help they deserve, the opportunities and the resources that they deserve and what they should actually be getting um, is very important. So that's really on the top of our it is one of our top priorities. Mm, I love that. I love exactly what you just shared and how you put that across to us. It's something that you're doing every single day. And it's incredible. And speaking of that, you, your husband, and really your family founded an organization called The Father's Heart. Now, what is yes. it all about? You know, we are, we've jumped into the conversation. We're talking about children. What exactly does the organization do? Um, well, the Father's Heart Community Development, that's the full name, um, but we, we go by the Father's Heart, that's how everybody knows us, mm-hmm. is really at the basis of an orphan and vulnerable child care organization. Um, and we, you know, South Africa has a child, a vulnerable child crisis. I don't think people really actually understand that two thirds of the children living in South Africa are actually considered vulnerable, which wow. means they're living in abject poverty and neglect and with really no real hope for their future. Um, and so that's where we come in is like we basically strategically and comprehensively address this crisis. Um, our vision is really to transform the life of every orphan and vulnerable child, as many as we possibly can in our lifetime, mm. um, by reestablishing the God-given identity and purpose, and then also restoring healthy, loving family environments. Um, we really feel that that is God's true design, is for children to be raised in the confines of loving family. Mm. Um, and so that's really core to, to what we do. And through all of that, through those, you know, working with a child, working with the parents, We can build strong, stable communities within which they can thrive because, you know, thriving families are the bedrock of our society. Mm -hmm. And children, as it is often said, children are the future of this country. Um, And so we come alongside them and just make sure that we provide all the resources um, and interventions, educational, psychological, physical, emotional and spiritual interventions Mm -hmm. in order for them to actually break the cycle of poverty, inequality and hopelessness. Wow. You know what? This is incredible. It's such a huge vision and such a huge, you know, kind of dream and goals as well, because you guys have put this into action plans and, you know, you have these attainable goals and goals that are set there. And it's such a big vision. Like you're saying, 
you're saying to us today, and it's something that we don't realize, two-thirds of our children in our very yeah. own country, we don't have to look across the border, we can look here exactly. to our own communities, right? You know, are, yeah. are ab- absolutely vulnerable, and that means living in poverty. And that having been said, then we're looking at, you know, are they getting education? You know, then if they're not getting education, what about their future? You know, it's yeah. it's day to day. There's obviously realities that need to be faced. But then we're also looking at, okay, if we don't do something, then then what is the future for this child? And it, it really does sound like such a big task, you know, assisting orphans as well as vulnerable children, and particularly in the communities of South Africa. But you and, you know, the organization are actually doing us doing this right down the road from us in for Santa Claus. How do you work with these children? You know, um, like you said as well, loving family environments. So if we have orphans, is is that kind of a way that you intervene as well, working with orphans, trying to get them maybe in foster homes? How how are you providing them with that family environment and that that you know you explained to us as well? Just really investing in them in that God-given identity, which I love yeah. and spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically. How are you going about doing this great work? Um, yeah, well, very practically, um, we actually go, we establish ourselves in the community and we work with the Department of Social Development and we actually go and identify those omas that are already looking after children. So, um, you know, there's phenomenal women in communities. Most of them are single woman omas that have actually taken up this mandate of looking after um, the children in the community, the orphans, the children that have been neglected mm. and severely abused and et cetera, that need to find a safe space. But most of the time they don't, you know, they've got the hearts, but they don't have anything else. They don't have the the financial support. They don't have the emotional support. They usually don't have partners. Like I said, they're usually either widows or single. They don't have any know-how of what it takes to actually be um, a foster parent. And so we come alongside, as I said, model is holistic. We look at the parent, the guardian and the child. Um, and then we also, our model is built on a hand up and not a hand out. So creating mechanisms in order for the foster mother and the family to actually be able to look care for themselves. So with the parents, what that looks like is empowering and equipping the parent. Mm-hmm. So a very, very important thing for us is making sure that the, the foster mother has a job or the guardian mm-hmm. has an income, a sustainable income for the family. And we do this through skills development um, and then actually job placement or even job creation. We've just started a little uh, sewing business, which I'm really excited about, Mm. um, to actually create an income for these ladies. Obviously, sent them on a sewing course, got them sewing machines, et cetera. Um, But yeah, it's about, you know, pouring to them and developing them and just building up capacity. So Mm. besides the income generation side, there's also the emotional support. We make sure that they also have access to uh, psychosocial support, trauma uh, counselors. You know, if you are a mom, you would understand that in order to parent properly, you need to be whole, you need to be focused, yeah. you need to have dealt with all your own issues. Um, and so we make sure that all of these parents as well have access to actually deal through their own trauma. Um, and then we also do, we do Bible studies. We've got a foster mom support group that we run every once mm-hmm. a month. Um, emotional support and then celebratory things just for fun, making sure that, you know, Christmas, Mother's Day, they celebrate it because no one else, you know, celebrates them or yeah. says thank you. So we make sure that we do that. We have upliftment programs. There's constant monitoring um, and coaching, parenting courses. We also do um, provide trauma competent care courses for the foster moms. Mm-hmm. So they really understand what trauma is because fostering is a whole other ball game. Yeah. Um, and then we also just create, we create environments for them 
within, you know, to, to share with each other. And then also um, providing access to public services. Like I said, we work very closely with the Department of Social Development. And so we facilitate a lot of the processes and expedite a lot of their things. Mm-hmm. Same with home affairs. So we help to get IDs so they can access grants and birth certificates because a lot of kids and communities are not registered. So um, that's very sort of, like I said, a very holistic approach to the parent, mm-hmm. as well as also providing housing support. So making sure that they've got adequate housing. And then with the children, we very practically actually help to develop and, and raise the children. Like I said, there's not a lot of fathers in the home. Yeah. Um, and so they need that support to practically help guide and raise the kids. Um, and so we come along the kids as well. And the kids attend our after school programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, we run that Monday to Friday in for Santa Crow. And there we do a, a, a range of different talent development programs. So there's art, there's music, there's dance, there's drama, uh, there's sport, there's mentorship programs, discipleship programs. And so all of it really is about A, developing the skills in the children, mm-hmm. um, B, using it also as a way to for them to process their own trauma, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yeah. Majority of these children have gone through rather traumatic events, especially if you're looking at orphans and vulnerable children. They've mm-hmm. been removed from family because of life-threatening um, situations. So mm-hmm. they are really severely traumatized. So all the art is art therapy, you know, it's music therapy, those type of things. And then also we look at it as a means to create further opportunities for them um, for the job world. You know, a lot of these kids, because of what they've been through, might not necessarily get into an academic program or to go study to be the next accountant. Yeah. But we we'll, we'll look at it, okay, if you can't do that, what can you do? Hey, I can, I'm really autistic or I can kick a ball really well. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's just providing a safe space for these children where they can be nurtured and developed and loved on and most importantly meet Jesus because we mm. know that that's where the real change comes mm. um, and so yeah we we've currently got just over 50 beneficiaries um, children that come to our programs that are part of our programs and yeah one day at a time eh? yeah sure I love this and and you know what you were saying as well I recently heard um, you know a story about a young boy who grew up on the streets and you know, eventually someone helped him and said, you know, he was really good at working with his hands as well. And he started yeah. being very passionate about actually making surfboards, which is quite interesting and actually has a thriving business today. And, you know, it was just yeah. that someone came along, like you said as well, you know, it's about saying, what can you do? What are you passionate about? Maybe you aren't good at working with your hands. You can actually have something great in the future. And I, I love Absolutely. that reality as well. And I love everything. There's so many tiers of things that you do, you know, it's multi-tiered and it's like, reminds me you know when you're talking about these omas that just and i've seen this as well in communities my granny was like that you know the single woman she also lived in in not such a good area and she used to just care for everybody you know and just yeah, it's like absolutely. this innate mandate that they have you know yeah. it's like incredible <laughs> it's yeah, no, it absolutely is it's amazing. It reminds me of, you know, in the book of Acts, you had Tabitha, you know, creating all these garments for widows, women who were, you know, mourning and grieving and had lost their loved ones, you know, and it's it's just a something inside of women that, that's there. But you also mentioned the fact that, you know, fathers missing from the home. And this yeah. is something we hear about often. It's something that many of us know intimately as well, the scourge of fatherlessness. And it's a big problem. Yeah. 
affecting children on just every level possible. It's not just, oh, well, there's no father around physically. It's a spiritual thing. It's a mental and emotional thing. You know, have you witnessed the impact of this in the community where you serve, this great impact of fatherlessness? Have you seen it, you know, how have you seen it manifested among children who are more vulnerable? Well, yeah, it actually, I mean, it's you exactly right. It is a scourge. And I don't know, again, if people know this, but 61.8%, according to Stats SA, of children living in South Africa grow up without a father. Mm. And it's a, you know, the, the father absence is actually a worldwide phenomenon. Mm. And there's been so much research actually done on it because the effects are so great. So there, there were studies done in 21 countries around the world. And they actually showed that fatherlessness is directly, directly responsible for 80% of violent and sexual crime and sexual exploitation, wow. um, 85% of gangsterism, uh, 75% of endemic drug and alcohol abuse, 70% of juvenile detention, 70%, 72% of high school dropouts, then more than 80% of behavioral disorders, 90% of runaway youth issues, more than 60% of youth suicide. So it's actually quite a... a um, yeah, it's, it's actually such a pinnacle point in a child's life mm. when they don't have a father and what it actually leads to. And so we have, we've seen all of this basically in the community of Santa Graal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the teen pregnancies and the risky behavior and the school dropouts, et cetera. Mm. And, um, you know, we try and mitigate that to the best of our ability. Um, and we do that sort of, we've got like a, a three-pronged approach to that is firstly just training up and equipping parents to embrace their God-given identity in order to restore families and communities, Mm -hmm. and then providing positive male role role models specifically and healthy father figures for the children, especially when none exist, Mm -hmm. just so that they can actually see this walked out every day. And, you know, they've got good examples that they can follow. This is actually what a a healthy, responsible, loving father looks like. Um, And then most importantly, we are focused on training up the next generation of engaged, responsible fathers Mm -hmm. and mothers, of course. Um, But we feel like because we can plow into, you know, into these children and we can, we're working with them, we're developing them, we're equipping them so that we can actually break that cycle so that the next generation is going to look vastly different. They'll be whole, they'll be responsible, contributing um, members of the society. And that's really what our entire mission is. Um, We actually say, you know, a child is only effectively um, passed through and graduated from our program once they have successfully completed school, some sort of tertiary education or education mm-hmm. um, training, where they are like whole, well-rounded, self-sustaining, responsible citizens of our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whenever a child comes onto our program, whatever age that is, they can join from sort of onboard families where their child is you know, just born or, or three years old, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. it's a long-term walk, that long-term journey with his children up until that point. And then we only release them because it's only that long-term, you know, sustainable, constant interventions in their life, constant uh, relationship building, constant adding into their life and t- telling them that, you know, they can do this, believing in themselves, just plowing into them, mm-hmm. uh, that makes a difference. Mm. And this is so beautiful. Like you said, you know, 
contributing to society as well, you know, graduating through the program when you can really be part of society. And actually, when I hear you, it's kind of like exactly that. You want to impact the next generation. So children who themselves may have grown up as orphans or vulnerable, you know, finding their God-given identity and, and that wholeness within themselves and the incredible work that you guys are doing you know, they can really break that cycle, that generational cycle that so many people and so many of us in so many communities, even communities can have generational cycles, you know, generational Absolutely. things that they can break out of and then become people that contribute and make a change and kind of then release generational blessings and become people who are really functioning fully in society and making a change with their families that they will have one day. And I think this Absolutely. is, it's so beautiful because you guys have a, a future, future outlook and a long-term approach. Like you said, it's not just no. to the program today and, you know, we do this for like a month or two and you know, give you a few things and then tell you to go anyway. This is a long-term commitment. And that requires quite a lot, a lot from you guys as well, working in the community. And mm -hmm. it's so, so important. I, I think this is such beautiful work. And, you know, we're going to take a really, really short music break now, but we don't want you to go anywhere because, you know, when Jill and I get back, we also want to touch on the role of faith and the role of the church and faith communities, individuals in how we need to be responding to caring for vulnerable children as well. And I think it's a challenge that we need to hear and it's a challenge we need to accept. So enjoy some music with me, but don't go anywhere because we're going to continue the conversation when we get back. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today on Cape Pulpit. If you're just joining, it's good to have you with me. But if you have been here with me from the beginning, then I'm really, really glad because this conversation is truly, truly very important. I'm with Jill Carolison, and we have been talking about this incredible organization that she and her husband founded, The Father's Heart. And it's really, really such an incredible multifaceted organization with such a passionate heart. And Jill, you know, I really wanted to touch on before we went to the song, I said to those who are listening that we as the church also have a role to play. Now we know that the when I when I mention church and a lot of people always say when you mention church are you mentioning a specific church you know we are we forget that we are the church right <laughs> it's like yeah, we're the people we're the church like forget about that yeah. that brick building it's a lovely building but you know let's forget about that for a moment and say we we are the church we have a responsibility you know and the the truth of the matter is that when we read the scriptures there are dozens of scriptures throughout the Old Testament yeah. as well as the New Testament that relate to the fact that God's people individually, you know, and also collectively as a group have a responsibility to care. And we hear often about caring for the orphan and caring for the widow. You know, what would yeah. you like to say to faith communities today, people of faith today, you know, when it comes to our vulnerable children, how can we really rise up to be part of the solution? Oftentimes, I'm going to say this very straightforwardly because that's what the show is about. Oftentimes, I have not seen care for the orphan and the widow in many faith communities. Yeah. I have not seen, you know, that there is a program or there is, a, you know, maybe even a way that people can say, hey, you know, this church, for example, saying, hey, you know, I'm choosing the Father's Heart organization as a place where we're going to sow into every month. And maybe we can't go out and help orphans, but we're going to, you know, be part of those who do. 
these structures yeah. don't seem to be much in place in many, many congregations. You know, is this something that you've witnessed as well? What would you say to faith communities about vulnerable children when we're looking at the fact, as you told us, two-thirds of our children in South Africa are vulnerable? This is millions of children. How can churches yeah. rise up and be part of a solution that's practical? Yeah. Well, and I think you definitely touched on it, you know, when you're saying the scripture just keeps on going. Um, and says multiple times to uh, speaks about orphans and widows. And I always refer back to James 127, uh, where it says the religion that God our Father accepts is pure and faultless, faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And I think, you know, as Christians, we need to realize that God is actually commanding it of us. It's not like a suggestion. It's yeah. actually one of his commands. So to keep that in mind as well. But then I think, you know, after having many discussions with churches and, and other organizations and people in general, um, what I've discovered, it's, it's also there are some certain misunderstandings as well that maybe people, you know, people, what I found is that everybody intrinsically has this heart where they want to help, mm. but they, a, they don't know where to go. Because let's be honest, there has also been not such great um, management of things before in the nonprofit space. Yeah. Um, but that's why, you know, we make sure that we are very transparent. You'll always find us, you'll see on Facebook what we're actually doing. Um, we are, you know, with our reporting and stuff like that, we on top of that, we make sure we've actually got an app that my husband started that allows us to um, store data for qualitative and quantitative. So we're constantly learning and growing and and making sure that, you know, all those, that our actual impact is actually seen and we can actually share that with people. Mm. But then the other side is that people don't really know what that means and how they can actually do that. Because I think there's people have got an understanding that, okay, if I'm going to help orphan and vulnerable children, they have to do what we're doing. Mm. And that's not true because not everybody's called to do what Michael and I do. Yeah. But I think if people start understanding that as the body of Christ, if everybody plays that part, then that is, then, you know, then that actually still happens. Mm -hmm. So we've got three avenues where people can actually get involved. And I, mm -hmm. and we say there's prayer, obviously. I mean, we are working in an, an impoverished community where there are such major strongholds. And obviously us being on the front lines as well, we need covering all the time. We need people to pay for the restorations of our families of our children, for strategy, for wisdom, for discernment, for protection, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And there are specific people that are called to do that. And it's such a yeah. powerful and important part. Um, and then there's participation. So that's, you know, if you've got a skill that you want to have, that you want to give, um, either in volunteering or maybe as being a tutor, because we also offer... Um, we focus on uh, numeracy and literacy with the kids. We've got tutors that come in. You know, mm -hmm. if that's something that you want to do, or perhaps we're busy building... Um, a much bigger uh, child and, and uh, youth development center in for Santa Cruz mm -hmm. to be able to impact hundreds more children than what we currently are. You know, if you've got a professional skill that you could be part of that project, you know, so that's also an avenue, even connecting us to corporates or, um, you know, some other avenue to maybe towards getting uh, financial support, you know, yeah. it might be somebody that you know that you can lead us to, not necessarily that you're doing it. Um, and then also the financial partnership. Again, you know, what we do is, is what God has told us to do, but we actually, we can't do any of it without finances. That's the reality of it. Yeah. Um, and so there are people that God has actually raised up specifically for that role to be kingdom builders. Mm. 
So your role is not to come into for Santa Claus and play with the kids and develop them and necessarily pray for us, but that's your role of being a kingdom builder. So I encourage the family of God to just take up that mantle and pray about it. Seek God Mm -hmm. and find out exactly what is your purpose in this. I do believe that everybody does have a purpose in this um, and in seeing God's vision and his heart for uh, orphans and widows realized. Yeah. But you need to pray and find out exactly what that is and then go with that. Um, that's why we don't we don't specify. We're often open to meeting with people and chatting to them and just chatting around. What is it that you see? What is it that you think that you could do? Mm-hmm. Um, and how could we work together? Because I do believe that everybody does have a heart for this and everybody does want to help in some way. It's just about how do we actually, how does this actually work out in reality? Mm. And and exactly that, like you're saying, people often want to help and people often want to be part, but they just never know where or how, you know, and that's that's really great why we're having this conversation as well today to say, hey, this is work that's been done right in our community, right here, you know, just on the outskirts of Durbanville, just here on the outskirts of Belleville, right where we are, right where we're sitting and saying, yeah. you know, this is, this is work that's been done just, you know, 10 minutes down the road from where we are at today. And so, you know, pray about about it and I love what you said about being a kingdom builder there are people that are raised yeah. up that financially can be that and come alongside and we know without finances nothing gets done and this is a ministry of faith that yourself and Absolutely. your family are walking in it's a daily yeah. faith journey you know both of you having left the corporate world and being full-time in this you know this is what God yeah. has called you to do and it's it's incredible you also alluded to the for Santa Kral project the community center that you're in the process of building and yes. you know I read that 75 percent of the community there in for Santa Kral is under the age of 20 which is a massive, massive number. Yeah. But yet there are almost no resources or programs for the youth in the area. So tell us a yes. bit about the project, the community center that you guys have this vision for. You know, is is this something that really uh, immediate vision, something that you guys are really investing in at the present? Yeah. So uh, again, this was a strategy from God and something that he gave us and showed us. Um, you know, when we started basically everything came from God, the name he gave us, the, the, the model, how he wanted everything to work out, um, even down to actually the logo. Hmm. Um, and so this is something that's always been on the cards, even before we, we officially registered the organization. Um, and we, you know, God just opened amazing doors and we were blessed enough during a pandemic to be able to purchase just over 6,000 square meters of land in the heart of a Santa um, that was really, yeah, it was, mm. it, it was just medical upon medical. And um, we are in the process of developing this child and youth development center. Um, God has also been amazing in actually just bringing on an amazing team around us mm. to be able to, to do this like professionals. Um, we've got power construction that's working on it. Um, EMI architects, uh, MWP architects. So there's a whole range of, of, professionals that God has just brought alongside to actually make this project a reality. Um, And from this place is the place that we're going to just, like I said, we're going to run our model and disciple and and equip more children. Um, We'll be able to probably between 500 and 600 children um, Mm. that we'll be able to to run our after school programs with, but also it's going to be a place for the community itself. So in the mornings, it's going to be a place where we've got a dedicated art room, we've got a dedicated music room, we've got an IT lab, uh, we've got various halls for the children to come in to assist with homework and tutoring, we've got a netball court and there'll be soccer as well, none of which that 
exists currently in Fasantagal. Um, and so in the mornings, we want to be able to have the art room, you know, have the gogos from the community that are just sitting at home doing nothing and let them come in and do some, you know, art as well and enjoy mm. that space. We want to have, um, we plan to have a uh, IT lab as well, where we'll do sort of sort of a call center for uh, low-skilled youth to so also care to have job creation. We've also mapped out um, little business plots. So we're starting a little sewing hub, I think I mentioned mm. currently. Uh, but we also plan to have a coffee shop and a bakery and the sewing hub, as well as a swap shop that will be on site as well. So it really is our heart is for it to be the heart of this community, um, a place where they'll feel safe, where they'll come and enjoy and really engage with God, you know. Um, yeah. yeah, we're very, very excited. We're hoping to be able to break ground later this year. Mm-hmm. Um, trusting God that the finances will be there when it needs to be there. Like you said, this is a faith journey. Yeah. We just take one step in front of the other and we <laughs> trust God. Mm-hmm. I always say, you know what, Lord, your will, your will. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes, amen. <laughs> um, um, and so we trust that by the end of the year, we'll be able to break ground and it will be up and running um, in 2023. So please continue mm-hmm. to pray and trust with us on that. Mm, absolutely you know putting that down on my prayer list as well because this is so absolutely incredible you know what the community center will do and how it will be used for so many different realities I also wanted to ask you if there is you know one yeah there's probably so many things that you've seen God do in the community Uh in you know the eight years that you you know started the organization but if there was one truly magical moment that we saw God move and it was just a story you want to share with us today would could you you, are you able to choose just one moment that you could share with us where you just saw God doing something incredible through this work and you were like okay God you I, I see that you're moving I see that you're still doing such incredible things I'm encouraged with this um well yeah like Lauren there's actually so many moments that I could actually share so many testimonies Mm. along our journey and I think that actually is what keeps us going because it's not really very easy yeah um but I think firstly the fact that we are still going you know we already we incorporated in at the end of 2019 on the cusp of a pandemic Mm. which is not advisable but Mm. God knows best that we trust his timing um, and we were able to even grow during that time. Like I said, we were able to, to purchase the land. We were able to keep on going and actually impact thousands of, of people, even during COVID, We God just gave us funds to be able to do a food drive when we had to close our programs. Yeah. Um, but on a smaller scale, more intimate scale, um, you know, the lives of the, of the children that we've impacted has really been amazing to watch. Like I said, because of the systemic challenges and issues in community, there's not a lot of, of big victories. Mm. Um, and so, you know, but when we do see it, oh my word, is it amazing to see children that started out who were super aggressive when they started out where they were, you know, hitting and punching and they wouldn't sit still. And they were just so angry at everybody. And, you know, to see how they've now come full circle where they, They've worked through that trauma. They're able to focus at school. They actually in school, you know, some of the kids are not in school when we, you know, we've got one little boy who has never been in school. He was, he was 14 years old. He started school for the first time this year in grade five. And we've got a tutor that works with him every day to try and play catch up. Mm. And if we look at our foster moms, I mean, the one lady that actually we employed her in our organization, her name is Alfreda. And when we met her, we actually she was, we saw her meeting with the Department of Social Development, just sitting in a corner, basically all teary and crying because 
she didn't know which way to go and what to do anymore. And um, she had to give up a job when she started looking after her two um, grand, uh, two grandchildren because her daughter passed away. So she's a foster parent essentially to her two um, her two grandchildren. And the youngest one has got a lot of issues, epilepsy, amongst other things. Mm. And so she couldn't go into a, a normal normal job, let's call it. Yeah. And um, yeah, she was just hopeless. They were living in the squatter camp area. She had no money. She was trying to get a grant. They were literally living in poverty. And we've now employed her. Well, we employed her a couple of years ago. She works with us. The little one would come to her with, us, with her every day to after school programs and develop. You know, we developed her and worked with her. Um, Fida is now in a house. She, her eldest daughter, we've, um, we do uh, career assessments and for all the kids like in high school between grades 10 and 12. Mm-hmm. And so we did a career assessment with her daughter and we just got her bursary for this year. She's studying public wow. um, administration at Northlink, a three-year degree. Um, and just, yeah, to see the family thriving, like if you look at how Frida now, what she's, what she's like now compared mm-hmm. to when we first met her, you know, you just, we just thank God because we know that it's all him, you know, he brought that change. He, he made a way for us to actually do what we're doing. He gave us the strategy and he helped us to, to do all of this. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just really encouraging to see that there is actual change, you know, we're yeah. not still sitting in the same thing. And when you speak to the moms um, and the foster moms and the children um, and what they say from where they were to now, it's really, it is just amazing. And you can't just help, but, give all thanks to God for, for what he's done and what he is doing, because we know that we are going to leave a, a legacy um, yeah. for Christ mm-hmm. um, to say that, look, you know, this is what's happening, but what is that? What is the, the, the different element between what we're doing and maybe what somebody else is doing? Like people mm-hmm. are going to look at it and be like, why is this working? Why do we see that this change here? Why do we see this? And we're going to say, because it's God, yeah. <laughs> because he runs the show. I might be a CEO on paper, Mm-hmm. Um, but God is our CEO. He gives us the strategy. He opens the doors. He brings the collaborations and he does the healing. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, we're just very excited about that and just where we're going. Hmm. Sure, Jill, thank you so much for sharing that with us as well. I, I kind of found quite teary-eyed hearing about everything that you're sharing and also, you know, these special women in the community who are through, even though they have so many of their own struggles as well, what God actually does. And it's so incredible. And I want to say thank you so much just for being even with me today and for sharing with me. I feel like I've just heard a lot and it's been so heartwarming for me. And, and in closing, I would just love for you to share if anyone wants to get in touch or they want to follow you on social media or, or they want to, you know, connect with the organization. How can people do that? Um, they can, well, we can follow us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram, www. Um, or at the father's heart underscore CD. That's where you'll find us there. Mm-hmm. And then our website would be www.thefathersheart.org.za and all our contact details are on there. Um, and then also we've got info at thefathersheart.org.za. So if anybody would like to find out some more of how they can partner, um, if they want to know some more about volunteering or anything like that, they're welcome to email us there. Um, but I would definitely encourage everybody to go to our, our social media sites because we keep quite updated on what we're doing all the time. So you can really get an in-depth of um, our day-to-day runnings and, and what we're actually doing on the ground.
Awesome. Thank you so much. Jill, again, it's been such a blessing to have you here with me on Voice of Change Day. And I really want to pray from, from my side, just that, you know, God will continue to do incredible work through yourself, through Michael, through your family, through the people who are employed in the organization, through whatever God wants to do. I know that you guys are so submitted to him and surrendered to his will. And I just pray that he will continue to do incredible work through you. Thank you. And I just honor you guys as well for showing up, for rising up, for being obedient to Christ, for saying, you know what, we will do this. We are stepping out of, you know, the corporate. We are getting God fully in to the things that you're calling us to do. And I want to honor you and your family for doing that as well. And I truly am standing with you and hoping and praying and knowing that in the years to come, there'll be such a great legacy that you will leave behind and such an impact in this community and for many more communities as well. So thank you so much, Jill, and God bless you. Thank you so much, Lauren. I really appreciate it. And thank you for your prayers as well. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. there you have it i'm so grateful for people like jill and her husband michael and for many others who are working in our communities you know here we sit and it is exactly so that we hear of exactly what is happening in communities right on our doorstep i always think you know we have a global mindset sometimes an international mindset and we can get very focused on what is happening outside of our borders but right here in our community and in our right here in our space we have these things that are happening and vulnerable children that we can help and that we can you know pray for as well you know prayer is very very powerful and i think all of us sometimes just kind of don't always think about this reality of prayer yes we 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 know that prayer works wonders but can we believe that prayer can work huge wonders and huge miracles and if you're saying yes lauren i do believe that today then let's stop for a moment and let's pray and i want to i want to pray for this community i want to pray for jill and her family i really feel that god wants us to do that today as we end off the show and father we just thank you so much for jill we thank you for michael we thank you for their organization we thank you for the work that you've started in this community father you have singled out this community as a place where you want your glory to be shown father you have singled out this community as a place where you want a generational legacy and blessing to happen and to be restored father you want the burdens and the pain and the trauma of the past father to be healed in you and father you have summed out this community and said this is a place where i want to help this is a place where i want my glory to be seen this is a place where i'm sending in my children to do work that i want to do in this community and father we pray that you will bless the father's heart that you will bless them father that you will father allow everything that is needed to come together that the community center will be built and that great things will happen in that space we pray that this community will also see your salvation and that they will come to incredible salvation in you as you are the living God and you are the only one that can bring the true healing to us and can do the true work in our hearts and lives. Please bless Jill and her family, protect them and Father, give them great edge as they work on the front lines, on the front lines, just to have that edge, Father, to have that that wisdom, that understanding, the knowledge that they need to work and to impact change in many many people's lives but also as they serve that the impact will be made on their hearts and lives as well for your 
truth, for your kingdom, and with all of your grace. We pray that you will hold them and keep them. And Father, I want to pray that you will bless those working in this community right here, Father, who are working among children. We know that there are many Omars that are even listening right now who who have taken up the mandate, Father, to look after children that's not their own or other family members' children. Father, even though maybe it's a struggle and financially they can't afford it, we pray that you will bless them, Father, and that you will keep them that you'll make your face to shine upon them. And Father, that you will help us become a nation who cares about our kids. Instead of, Father, looking at it and saying our children are vulnerable, Father, help us become a nation that cares about our children. And we thank you for this. We praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. It's been so good to be here with you on Voice of Change. I pray that you'll have a blessed, blessed, blessed rest of the evening and that you will stay tuned for TC who is up later with the yellow mic and it's going to be a great show as well. You don't want to miss it. See you next week. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.